0: Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, my guest is Shirley Horton, mother of Taylon Tucker Horton of the Los Angeles Lakers. So let's dive in and bring Shirley on the show. I do it naturally, baby. Welcome, Shirley, I am so blessed that you and I are spending time together so you can teach us all about the wonderful things and the talents of your son, Taylin. So welcome to Courtside Moms.
1: Thank you for having me, really appreciate it.
0: So let's talk about where it
1: all began.
0: Where was he raised and what type of child
1: was he? He was raised in Chicago on the north side. He was uh, a very, very quiet child, but um, very welcoming to everyone. You know, he's the only child and he's always been around a lot of people because I'm a teacher. And then my mom worked in the school and in community. So he was always around a lot of people. So he's very family, um, really involved with family. i say just really involved with family. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, especially raised around a lot of people, like you're saying, it makes them social um, as they grow up. Not afraid of people, Mm -hmm. not afraid to be around people. That's amazing. So at what age did you notice his love for basketball?
1: He started playing since he was one, but his love, I would say, about three, four years old because he wanted to go on the court. With the big boys and going to the gym with his godfather and sitting there and want to join the older boys. And he would be there. He would prepare himself. He would get ready with a headband, with his <laughs> basketball, everything. He was always ready and dribbling and just wanted to be with the older guys. Because you know, he was always the bigger kid. He was tall. So people thought instead of him being three, they thought maybe five years old. So he thought he could always get away with it. But the other kids and the older boys, they knew that he wasn't. But at, I would say, three or four, he was really like into it 100%
0: there's something about headbands i think that our kids (laughs) are convinced that that is that item that will take them places i mean i remember my kids would ask for headbands and all the gear and put on their elbows and i'm like where are you going and then i'm going to the court and i'm like oh okay and they couldn't go without the headband so that's why i'm just you're you're making me think back 20 years when (laughs) my kids were young too so (laughs) So, when did he start playing organized basketball? Like when did he say, "You know what? I want to play on a team now."
1: 4 years old. He was 4 years old at Loyola Park District, which is in Chicago on the North Side. It's maybe about 10 minutes from I'll say 5 minutes, I even said it's 5 minutes from the University of Loyola, University of Loyola, and he would go there and he would he started at 4. You really had to be 5, but his birthday wasn't until November. So he played and he was they did a little mini draft. I think he was a number one draft pick, which is exciting. for <laughs> my mother, who was really, really excited. So he started there and he played. And it's some of his friends he played with. He's still good friends with them now.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So let's move forward now to high school. So he went to Simeon Career Academy, correct? Yes. OK. Um, tell us what that was like for you now to watch him evolve and play in high school.
1: Um, it was exciting and it was just, it was exciting, but it was happy because he was able to learn from Spineon, you know, being there, going to one of the, like the best high schools in Illinois, you know, basketball has a legacy, but being there and learning from the coaches and just getting, just to be him, but just learning and taking his time to develop That was the most important thing, you know, because he went there and he wasn't, he didn't play um, as a freshman. He didn't play on varsity, he played on sophomore, which was great because it gives him this growth to understand and just learning how to just do all the things that he knew how to do, but putting them in the right, in the right order. So that was really exciting for me.
0: So at what point did you see now the possibility of him actually getting an NCAA scholarship?
1: So I always tell people this, he was going to college no matter what. I'm an HBCU, uh, HBCU alumni, so I was always strong on education and my family and so many people. So I would always tell he's going to school, but he told me I'm going to vision one. And I told people like in fourth, fifth grade, yeah, he's going to college, but he's going to the MBA. I said it already because that's what his dream was. And I said, if you work for it, you can go, you can get it. You know, you just have to work hard at it and, you know, write it down, give it to God. And I told him that maybe in fifth grade, because we we're having a conversation and someone said, um... I just want my son to go to college. I said, well, mine was going to college no matter what, but he's going to the NBA. So I claimed it already. I told me he had to beat the other people in our family who have bachelor's and master's degrees. I was telling him that, but I knew that that's what he wanted to do. So, you know, that's why he picked the school, he picked the college, you know, just everything. So you just, you give it to God, you write it down, but you work at it too. and He'll give you anything that you want. And I explained that to him.
0: Ah, oh, I love, love, love that because you're absolutely right. Our steps can only be ordered. However, we have to do the work behind it. And you, as a mom, you recognize that and you gave that to him. And you're saying, listen, Mm -hmm. your path is your path. It could be given to you, but at the same time, you have to work for it. So I love that because, especially when they're young, you know what I mean? Our kids just think that things will hand it to them.
1: Yes, because they really don't really understand I think struggle because it's such a mm-hmm. different generation, they'll be able to give so many things. But as they grow, they start to understand it. But for him, I always used to tell him, like, what's your story? What's your path is going to be for you? But just keep working at it. It doesn't matter what others say, what others say, because it's all about what you believe and You have to continue to do that even as an adult. Because we're going to go through ups and downs. And you know, with him going through ups and downs, it's still staying the course and knowing, hey, God I got a plan for me. And when he make the, he have this plan for me. I'm going to do what I need to do and tell them thank you and get up every day and keep working. And don't, you know, don't change because other people are saying things. Just stay the course. and It will be okay.
0: That's and I'm right. always,
1: you know, telling him that even after games now, like, what is your role? Do your role. Do it at the best that you can do it. And when it's your time to do whatever you need to do, God's going to have it for you. No one can tell you what you can do or what you can't do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it's his role. It's his plan. It's not everybody else's plan. And you know, sometimes people come and talk to our kids and they mm-hmm. put their plans on our kids. Yes. You know what I mean? Not realizing that, thank you. It's your opinion, but this is my road. This is my journey. So thank you very yes. much. However, for Taylor, this is what works for him it doesn't necessarily work for that person giving the advice right so sometimes I always tell my son you know just block the noise and no disrespect to the people that want to give him advice but at the end of the day give the advice and understand that that's what it is it doesn't mean that what you're saying is is you know what I mean that's what it's going to be it's just advice
1: exactly because if it was up to us I told him he would be a teacher which he said no he wants to be an architect I'm like okay so if you want to be a you want to be a basketball player, this is your plan, write it down. Because I, I explained to him, I know I wanted to be a teacher because I babysit this since I was 14 years old, got everybody jobs in the community. Then I owned the daycare, I used to tell Taylor, and I wrote it down and I believed in it because my mom taught me that. You know, my mom used to always say, what you want, you can get it, but write it down, you know, talk to God on your turn. So that's what I did. And I tried to, you know, do the same things or give him the same values and the things that my mom taught me. I wanted to give it to him so he can understand that it's important. So, I always say that because you're going to get so many people say things. And I used to ask people if you're going to say something, say it to him, and mean it, you know, because he's going to take what you say and respect it. So, give it to him 100%. But just be honest, like I said, 100%, and making sure, hey, if this is what you want to do, you know, encourage him, but give him his pointers to tell him what he needs to work on because he's going to go work on it. He's always been that kid. So, when I hear people say that today, I feel really good because I'm like, okay, I did a good job with a village. I always say, did yeah. a good job with the village. We did a good job, you know, just keeping him on the right path and the right, you know, just making sure he's okay, keeping his brain right. Cause that's important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So do you remember getting letters of intent of schools that were willing to offer your son a free education due to his basketball skills? Yes.
1: Yeah, so he had over like 30 offers, maybe even more, but it was exciting just to read them and keep them. I have so many of them still, but for him, it was exciting because you know how you'll tell your child, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to be because you just have to just. State, of course, but a lot of times we don't listen to our parents as much. You know, we yeah. do when we don't, and when we see it. So when he was able to get all the schools that he wanted, I was really happy for him because it was like I know he worked for it, being in the gym, doing this and doing everything the right way. Yeah. And I told him, you know, it's your it'll be your turn. You know, so it's all about that. And when you decide where you want to go, you're gonna do the best that you can do. And no matter what, I'm still gonna be there, making sure I have my voice, because I'm very opinionated when it comes to him. And I tell people that because He's my child, and he's my investment. Right. I mean, I know people say why he is, so I want to make sure that he gets all the right things because I'm giving him all the right things. So when he goes somewhere, he's going to give them all the right things, and no question. If you have a question, you can ask him. But if you don't, if he's not going to even explain it, give me a call. And we'll help out. You know, as much as I can.
0: That's right. That's right. You know, we're mom first, yes. and we're always going to guide our babies as best we can. Mm-hmm. And the advice we give is out of love, it's out of respect, it's out of experience, which sometimes our kids don't believe, right? They're like,, uh, mom don't know
1: at all, <laughs> they, do not. At all they, don't. they don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, sometimes my kids they would they would I would say something and they would look back at me and I'm like, I wasn't born under a rock. Like I exactly. I, I have an idea. I have an idea what I'm talking about, and it's only after where they're like, yeah, you were right.
1: Exactly, yeah. I still tell that.
0: (laughs) So what was important to you when
1: choosing a school and did it
0: differ from what he wanted?
1: Okay, so what I had to learn is, uh, and I say this and I tell people, when you have a child that's an athlete, yeah, they're going to school, but they're going to school to be an athlete. Realistically, you want them to go architect, lawyer, teacher, doctor, but they're going to be an athlete first. So you have to pick a school that's going to be the best fit for you. Because I was telling him at first, oh, pick a school where you want to live. My cousin or some of my friends who brothers play professionally, they were like, nah, that's not what you want him to pick a school where he wants to live because he's going to play. So he's not going to spend as much time as we did in school, how, you know, if you're not an athlete we're getting to know the school and getting to know the campus and everything because the goal is to be an yeah. NBA player. So that's we right. know that. So I'm being honest and I tell people, pick a school that's the best fit for him where he's going to be able to play. And they want you or want you to play and play at the highest level but before you and not changing who you are. You know, because he was a team player from the beginning. Every sense of child, Taylor knows how to play as a team and know how to play as a team and be able to let everyone get involved. So I knew that wouldn't be a problem. It's just getting a school that's going to, Really make sure as the men that are there are going to still help him become a better man because he has the right men in his life already helping him become the man, the young man he had become. But just continuing that because we're going to be very involved with my family and everything going and coming out and supporting, just having the right people, but being honest. And, you know, not just making him a basketball player because he's just not a basketball player. You know, it's keeping his um character and everything else right. So when we were picking a school, That's when we looked at. We looked at, um, you do look at where they're going to play, you know, who they're going to play, you look at the division, all of that. And, you know, being, I'm asking my mom, you learn so much and you have to know all about the school, the scheduling, who they're playing, how it is, because the goal is to be an NBA player, you know, and I knew that for him. So I can't just say, okay, you're going to go here and this is what you're going to do. No, you're going to go because you want to look and see, okay, I'm going to see you on television, the scheduling, how you're playing, who you're playing, which is very, which is very important.
0: I love everything you're saying. For me, it was a lot of the same. My kids and myself, we were raised in Canada. And so a lot of the colleges that came up now when my son was receiving these letters, I mean, tons of letters, a lot of the schools I never even heard of. And it was just simply because I just knew of the colleges in Canada. So here now it's getting, you know, all these letters and I'm like, oh my gosh, like who, Which school is this? What do they have to offer? What am I supposed to look for? You know what I mean? Now we're looking for a school, like you say, this is a school where he's gonna play, but at the same time, he has to get an education as well, something that he can fall back on once basketball is finished. So Mm. the investment that you made as a mom is something that I always tell parents, you have to take the time. It's not just, oh yeah, you know, the school will be great for my son, but why? why like why do you think that because my son went to two colleges because the first one wasn't a good fit for him Mm -hmm. thought it was at the time but then when i saw his i want to say misery well yeah it was misery because i was looking i'm like why are you not yourself that makes a difference so i love that you know you as a mom you were saying listen I have to take the time with my child and look the right place for him. Because now as a mom, you're releasing your child and saying, all right, you go out into the world. I'm still going to be here, but yes. you know, to be, I mean? you're not in the room next door to me now. Yep. <laughs> exactly. We're raising no, them by we, phone.
1: <laughs> you're absolutely right. Cause we did a road trip to like all of the schools that were close by that we can drive to. So we went, I'll say we went started in Illinois. We went to visit DePaul, Illinois, Northwestern, And we went to Iowa State, Ohio, Xavier. um, It's a lot of the schools that were in the area. So we can see And We did unofficial visits just to go and they knew we were coming. And it was exciting because, you know, you're dealing with social media. So it's all on social media where you're going and everything. But just visiting to see the schools. But I had to really understand, like, I I, I stress this and I tell parents this all the time. I don't want to just say just for, he's going just for education because he is going for education at the beginning. But you're going to be an athlete. So you have to make sure this is the best fit for you getting to know the coaching staff because everyone likes you when you first come here because they're recruiting you and they want you to come there and it's a business and it's their job. So I explained it like you have to go and want to be there and it might be where the weather is bad but are you like our goal and I know Taylor's goal was um he told me one year and I said okay if you do two years I'll get you a new car. You know I said I was like you do two years because he was like I can always go back which I know he will now. I was like, okay, that's not a problem. But he was just like, I'm doing one year. And like, you sure? that? I'm like, Taylor, two years, you know, I kept, but he was like, I'm going to do one year. Cause he said, well, he's going, he said, mom, nah. you told me I'm supposed to write it down. He wrote it down. So I couldn't even argue with him and say, yes. oh no, Taylor, you're, you're absolutely wrong. You know? So when he decided to school and picked everything, I was happy for him because it was the fit for him. Right. You know, a lot of people be like, oh, he should win here. But it's just the fact you're going to go here and play and be able to play. And the only thing that he didn't, like he could not wear the number five because his other teammate, which was Linda Wigginson, who's was from Canada, he wore the number five. And I said, oh, that's okay. And that's where you want to go, that was the only issue. I'm like, go for it, it'll be all right. And you said, it's temporary. And I'm like, temporary can be a year. And I kept saying two years, but <laughs> it was like, I'm doing one year. And it's, it's so funny because he said it and it came true. You know, you just have to believe it. And I'm like, I can't say, oh, don't say that, you know. I was trying to convince him and convince him like, two years, I'll get you a car, luxury car, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. you know, you'll have, you'll have that car for, I was like, you can have that car for the, when you're in college, you get out, you can drive it. And he's like, okay, mom, but I'm doing one year. So that's when I knew when he picked the school. I was glad that he picked it because we did like the school, like the school over a while because it was, you know, what he he could see himself there. And that was very important.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I talked a lot, so I'm sorry. No, You you're <laughs> you are fine. I love okay. it. Do not worry. So the school that was the final choice was Iowa State. Iowa State. Yes. Yeah. So do you remember attending your first game
1: when yes. he was there? Attending my first game. Every game I'm always nervous. I tell people that don't matter if you play itty bitty, we play junior high, you play high school. I'm nervous. And I think he does too, because he always has to use the bathroom <laughs> before the game. So I'm a little nervous. too. So I just was a little nervous, but then I just sat down, prayed a little, I'm like, okay, we got this God. I'm like, he got it. And it was really exciting because, you know, you're seeing your child, he's living their dream. You were there and you're very happy because I tell people this, we went through a lot because he, we lost my mom and then he lost his dad during high school. So they didn't see him playing at that highest level. So when we were there, that was exciting. You know, I was really excited just to be there. So everybody was always coming out. We had a lot of support, you know, from family and friends. So that was important. So it was exciting. But, you know, just like I said, a little nervous like. But then I'm getting it together.
0: Yeah. no, oh, totally understand. Um, like you said, after one season, he decided to declare for the NBA draft in 2019. So were you sold then by the idea of him leaving school now to pursue that NBA career, knowing that there's no guarantees.
1: I, I was because I knew, like we always discussed it, if it's for him, I don't bring you this far to get you here. It's going to be trials and tribulations. But he, has, he has a plan for you. Yeah. It's just not the plan that you might think. And even with everything with him, his plan didn't go completely correct because he was hurt, you know, when he was being able to, like, I know he was working out for teams and everything. And we thinking like, okay, mid first round, which I told him and I know his agent was saying I remember this advice and I appreciate it as Agent um, Rich Paul said to him, draft night is like prom night. It's one night. The goal is to get there and stay there. Yep. So I appreciated that because it was like words that I would say and I, I didn't tell him that for a long time, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> i Rich, but I was really <laughs> happy that he was like that because that was so important so you can understand that because in my mind, I know that, but you know, we're coming from Chicago and being drafted and all that, you know, it's a lot in the basketball community. So people are like, oh, he's this, he's that, I'm like, you're going to be there, if that's what you want to be, you're going to be there, you're getting drafted, and we know you're going to stay, because guess what, I know what type of person you are, I know what type of worker you are, you know, you're going to do all the things you need to do, and even more, and you're young, you know, and it's going to make it, so for us, it was exciting, I tell people that very exciting, and it was, you know, you're a little nervous, but then you're not, because you got to give it to God, and I kept saying, I'm like, okay, what are we talking? I'm saying all this. I'm always the positive. Like, you got this. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> so take us to draft night. What was that like for you? And who was with you? And how did you celebrate that
1: night? So draft night I was at home in Chicago. And it was actually at um, Bobby Simmons, a um, semi-out alumni. And, you know, my NBA, ex-NBA player, his son and Taylor played together. And it was at his club, which was really nice. We were only supposed to have maybe 150 people We had over 500 people because, you know, just in the city of Chicago and people, I would say the city, the suburban areas, just everywhere coming out for support for him. And it comes from my family, my mom, who was very involved in the community. So, so many people were so excited. So, they came out, supported. We even had, everyone had to wear black or black and white. And I noticed that people had on black and white and I didn't invite them, but (laughs) hey, they came. And it was really exciting because we appreciate that. So, over 500 people was really nice. And... When he got drafted, because they stayed, and when they stayed with the 46th pick, everybody was so excited. And, you know, it was just really exciting. We could cry, you know, just happy because it's him living his dream, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was important to be in hearing he was traded from Orlando to the Lakers. I'm like, wow, L.A. the Lakers is one of my favorite teams. So it was <laughs> exciting, you know? Yeah, you know, but just really exciting. Yeah.
0: I mean yes you said he was he was 46th overall to Orlando Magic where my son actually was at that time so they could have okay. had they were I guess playmates for 7 seconds and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he was um, traded to the Lakers where he is today um so, how did he feel about being traded to a team with quite a few talented veterans, including LeBron, LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and the list goes on? I mean, was there a fear of not getting any playing time?
1: We understood that because as a rookie, yeah. you know, it just depends. Like with, with the draft, and I'm saying being a um, basketball mom, I'm researching everything. So, we understand, mm-hmm. and I explain it to him. It's a business. You're going to know that, yeah, you're going to play, but not as much because when you are drafted, if you're going to a team, other teams, it's about, you know, advertisement, bringing up the other players and stuff. But this team is already where it's like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, you have Rajon Rondo, and even more players. You have Henry Bradley, and you have Danny Green. So many of those guys that are coming in. And then you have the younger ones where you have KCP, who's Taylor He's on the bottom. It's okay. We're there. Now it's time to work. So he understood that you're going to be able to learn from So many great players and then players that you looked up to who you played. Actually, I tell people this and I don't know if you can keep it in Taylor was LeBron James when he was on first grade for Halloween, so Uh he was a big LeBron fan. So that was really exciting, you know, and get to learn about it, but it's still like, he's a young boy, but it's the respect. And it was so exciting because they gave him so much love and they helped him so much. It was just like a real brotherhood and being an only child for so long and being able to be involved with those kind of guys and playing with them. That was exciting. You know, he won't say it as much, but when we talked about it, because you know he has to be cool. <laughs> Maybe we have to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> but it was exciting for him because he's gonna learn from these guys. And it was right. really important. A D coming from home, which was important. He's a Chicago guy, you know, really important. So it helped a lot. Then Javale McGee was on there. It's weird because he had pictures of, I think it was Javel McGee, Andre There's a lot of guys who were going to the games and stuff and meeting them because my best friend, her brother played. And our brother is Nazi Muhammad. And then with Bobby Simmons, just a lot of the guys. That's how Walker, being from home, and knowing Jabari, Derrick Rhodes and all of them. But the older guys, that was so important. You know, it was like, I'm thinking like, wait, I could be their mother's. Wait, he's on the team, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, you know, like, wow, but I was excited for him. I was so excited, but for him, it it was great because he's always been that kid, the youngest on the team. So it was nothing new for us, you know, he was always the baby for real. So being there and just being able to learn from them, and we didn't forget about DeMarcus Cousins. It's like everyone you could think of that he's watched play from the schools they went to in college, you know, high school, just, it was exciting, but it was like time to get to work and he knew it. Yeah. So it was a possibility. We knew he wouldn't play as much, but they always was very encouraging, you know, very supportive and that's important.
0: Yeah, and like you said, what a great way for him to learn from some of the best players in the nba so he's lucky that he had that in front of him right this difference when you're watching it on tv you know what i mean when you're watching these Mm -hmm. great players even as an nba player you're watching tv and you're watching your opponents at the end of the day that's who they are that your opponents play but there's another thing when you're actually in the gym with them and you're just rubbing elbows with them and they're teaching you all these things you know what i mean that help Mm -hmm. them be successful. They're, they're showing you, you can actually see their talent two steps in front of you. So that is a blessing within itself. It really is. And you don't take
1: it for granted. Yeah, no,
0: no, absolutely not. So his rookie season came with so much ups and downs as COVID overtook the world. All Mm -hmm. NBA games were halted, later reopened in the bubble. However, It all ended with him being the second youngest player to win an NBA championship title at the age of 19. So talk to us about his rookie season and lead us to the championship game.
1: Okay, so his rookie season, he didn't start off as playing because he was hurt and then he was in the G League and playing and then his minutes were limited, which was everything. And he did really great because I would come in, go to the games, and then when they would call him up if he didn't play, he was there, you know. As I always, pictures of people calling and saying, "Why is Tom sitting there next to such and such?" And I'm like, "He is in the NBA, you know." But everybody's <laughs> calling you know, because they're excited. So yeah. for him, it was really exciting. But he learned a lot. And then when he went to the bubble, I didn't go. So this was my first time never going. I had never missed games where I didn't go and see him. But right. fourteen games quarantine, I'll watch it on television. But I was yeah. in LA, so, so we exactly. did that. And um. It was exciting because, we you know, I got to talk to him and everything. Before he left, we packed everything. So, we knew he was down there just getting a chance to play. When he played in the um, first series, I think it was the Houston series mm-hmm. against um, James Harden. He mm-hmm. knew Robert Covington from home. So, it was exciting for him to play and he scored. And they were so excited for him and encouraging him. And I was, like, happy. I'm, like, yeah, this is for him. You know, you knew already, but you're, like, yeah. He did it. You know, you're happy because he's able to do it on the biggest stage, but do it at his pace, you know, and did a great job with it. And it's, it's in the NBA, you know, it's like you're playing and it's going, trying to win the championship, you know, in the playoffs, which was really great. He wasn't afraid. He was ready and he showed everyone and he did a great job. And then when they were, when they won the championship, so excited, happy, happy tears of joy, because you did it your first year and your story wasn't, how you thought it was going to be with playing with veterans, but you, you won yeah. no matter what. And I told him, Your role, you, you are part of this of history. You know, yeah. you're there and it's exciting. And you're just really happy for all the other players because they work so hard, you know, and just seeing them win their first championship and him winning at 19, it's like, yeah. Oh, my goodness, you're a baby. You know, like 19, that's hard to do. Yeah. You're still figuring out life. But now, you know, at 19, you will be able to be a freshman in college, you know, so yeah. I was really excited for him. And the one thing that he did do was really nice. Um, I was able to have a ring. He gave me a ring too, Aww. which is really nice. So I'm saving it and I was really, really happy. So that was really nice, you know, as a gift. Cause he asked, well, you want a ring or a pen? I'm like, I'll take a ring, you know, Well, I'll say a necklace. I was like, yeah. I'll take the ring. So I have that and that's really, that's really nice to have. And just with all the names and just everything on it, it's really beautiful.
0: Oh, that is beautiful. Good for you. You know what, mom? You. you deserve it. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like you are mom, and as moms, we do whatever we have to do to make sure that our kids are successful, right? Yes. Yes. So earlier this year, he became a free agent. I know all that too well. Uh, my son was mm-hmm. a free agent this uh, this year too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, talk to us about what that period was like for him and how it led up to him re-signing a, th- a three-year contract with the Lakers.
1: Um, the biggest thing is it was, it's nervous. It's kind of nerve-wracking, but it isn't. You just got to let it be like, like we're always saying, going back to what's going to be for you. But it's always, it's easy to say, so you have to have the people not in his ear because, you know, people are going to you, oh, he can get this, he can do this. But the most important thing is playing and playing with people who you like to play with yeah. but getting the best that you can get out of yourself so for him it was like he wanted to come back which is important but you know people oh he should go over here and go there but I'm like is he going to be able to play what is what is there what do they want from you you know your role is going to be bigger if it's not but it's just learning and saying this is the best and that's the one thing that with him having his age and I always say this to Rich Paul he did a great job with that him and the whole clutch family you know they did a really great job with everything you know keeping us updated and letting us know everything, what's going on and just keeping us knowledgeable. That was the most important thing. Yeah.
0: Um, I just want to speak to agencies um, because mm-hmm. that is a big, big, big part. And agents are so important for our sons, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and as well as the families, because there should be a teaching there. Um, for us, so we can understand the industry because most of us don't, or there's a lot of things that we're just limited at, which is normal. I mean, you were able to carry your son to a certain limit, but then at one point we're not agents. We're, we don't know the ins and outs of the industries, uh, the industry, the way they do. And exactly. there's gotta be an, a point where we just sit back and say, okay, what is it you do? how does that relate to my son and the family how can you help us um and the reason why i say that to my point is sometimes um there's just so much out there that we're clueless you know what i mean and there's knowledge out there as parents that is very important that we know especially for our kids because they're young and they're impressionable right and there's so much more that can be out there for them and if we don't know to ask then how are you going to get it? Right. So I love that you're talking about the relationship, um, with, with rich Paul and and the clutch family, because that's what it should be about. It should be about showing us as families, what can happen, what can't happen, what shouldn't happen, what should happen, because all these things play a big role in our kids' success. So, so the road to getting our kids to the MBA has many pros and cons. Is there something you wish that you had done differently or maybe not at all?
1: No, you know what, I think we did everything because it was what's supposed to be, what's meant for him is gonna be for him. The most important thing I know when I was picking agents and I told people that it has to be someone that looks like him Mm -hmm. and with someone that looks like him, not everyone has to look like him, but someone who represents him and his face. And I'm saying as a young black man, if it's in his agency, and it has to be other people that look like him, not just um, one, I say it's just one race. It has to be a very like, diverse, and that's the one thing that I like about Clutch. When I say Rich Paul, but you have Lucas, Newman, you have Sarah, who's all involved, and the rest of them, they're all my favorites. I always tell them that, but they all do such a great job, and from, from all the way from the bottom to the top, everyone is family, and that was so important, just meeting them and being involved, because they were for my son, and that was yeah. important. And it's just like, I can call and say, hey, Farrah, she's going to treat Taylor like I would do. Yeah. You know, I say the Rich or I say to Lucas, I can say to Mark or Brandon. There's so many of them that's there and they'll do it. And I'll be like feeling like 100% and no worries. And I can FaceTime them. I can call them, which I FaceTime them all the time. And I, say, <laughs> I need to see your face. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And that was important because they were very hands-on because I explained to people like, this is your child, but we've been through stuff, you know, with life and with death and with just everything with Taylor. He's a good kid, but he knew people was going to be sincere because we're going to be sincere. We're going to give you a hundred percent. We're not going to just come to you and do whatever. We're going to give you a hundred percent, probably even more than a hundred. I tell people that. So that's why it was important to meet people like that who say, I'm going to fight for him. I'm going to believe in him when he's wrong. Tell him, I don't want you to be yes to him. I want you to tell him about himself and still, Hey, let's go eat because that's how I am so that was very important and that's what we get from them and just all the new people that's there they're treating him like family they're checking in and making sure he's okay I can call them anytime like I said I can FaceTime and I can say something but they do their job 100% and more and that's so important especially with being so young because I go to LA a lot but I'm not there every day they're in LA so they can check in I'm like but you check his house? Hey, he needs to fix his hair, you know, cut his hair, you know, yep. you know, it's just things that we need as mothers, but as parents, period. But, you know, as mothers, we're the ones who are so hands-on. So you got to have someone like that who's going to do the same thing. Because I tell people when I'm gone, I don't want to come help you because you're not doing your job. That's right. I don't have to worry. You know, I feel like, man, they're for my son. And that's so important because you want to be, be able to being be with people who treat you like family yeah. that's how his high school was that's how his grammar school was so going and going from college you know and then going to the nba that's important you need that so that's a lot it's like when i say clutch family i really appreciate them and what they do
0: yeah absolutely i mean like you said it's you're giving 100 or your son's giving 100 as well they have to give that 100 back and that's the expectation so there's a lot of Great agencies out there, a lot of great agents out there. But at the same time, it has to be a perfect fit. So what I was saying to my son is an interview on both sides. It's not just do you fit the agencies or the agent, it's if they fit you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I would tell myself all the time: if you meet an agent and you're uncomfortable from the jump, just you know what? Thanks very much. I'll get back to you. Because at the end of the day, if you, you need to have that feeling, you need to feel the spirit right away. If not, yeah. You know what I mean? Because this is your livelihood.
1: Exactly. You got to like them. You got to be able to call and talk to them. You can't talk to me. You got to be able to tell them the tough things that you're telling me. If you call me, because guess what? They're next, like, they're like your parents. It can't just be, hey, how you doing today? You know, check in. And I explain that to them. And I'm like, that's what he needed. Because like you say, you meet so many. And that's important with us meeting so many. And I tell people, I like people, but I can feel and say, "Mm, not for my son. But I want him to understand that. I'll say, what do you think? Just conversations but it's just important just to say okay how you feel and it's okay to tell people like you said oh thank you so much have a good day yeah it's yeah. okay
0: absolutely and more importantly like you were saying the family has to like the agent but on the flip side that agent's got to like the player because if not they're not going to
1: work yeah you gotta like me you gotta like him yeah because <laughs> yeah. you, you gotta yeah. like him because you know we, it's a package deal so you yeah. want it and i know i'm not going to be as involved but it's just You got to make sure you like him and he likes you because you're dealing with him. You're both working for each other in so many ways. And I explained to my son because they're doing their job and they're believing in you just like we believe in you. And yeah, they're going to get paid. And people say that. But I said, everyone's going to get paid. But it's like, how are you going to get paid? And why? And why do you want to get paid? Do you like it? And that's important. Yeah. So I'm always going to tell people, come to Clutch. Best family. Best organization (laughs) ever. You're you
0: know, it. no, nope, it's nothing wrong with you putting that out there because that's your feelings and that's your experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's what I love. I mean, at the end of the day, this is why I do this show because it's about us as us as moms, um, sharing our experience, what you're saying right now, this is your testimonial, right? So you're mm-hmm. saying, this is what I experienced. This is what I love. This is what works for my family. And there's so many people out there that are listening to your story and they're like, you know what? Her comfort level, her passion is important. Now I want to make sure that I have that same for my child, because like Mm -hmm. I said, it's his livelihood. This is your life. You want to be able to know that when you hang up that phone with that agent or the agency or whoever you speak to, or the the team that have been put Mm -hmm. together, right? That you're comfortable and you're great. And you know that your child is going to be in a great position because there's nothing More to me devastating is when you speak to the agent and you get, "This is none of your business. Your child's grown. Don't worry about it." And I'm like, "Don't worry about it. Like, don't brush me off. I'm asking for a reason, and I'm not asking." Never tell a mother that. Never tell a
1: mother, "Don't worry about it." You talk to. I tell people, "Don't never tell a mother that," because no matter what, we're gonna worry. We know they're in that bed and they're sleeping, and we see them. Yeah. So I need to know. And don't tell me, "Don't worry about it," because I'm thinking ahead of you. Yeah. That's important, like you said. If you say that. Okay. Have a good day. It was nice knowing you. Awesome. That's me. I'm, I'm all right with saying that. Yeah. So I tell people I've never got that because from the beginning, just meeting ages up with the FaceTime, which was important before the pandemic, but just, you know, I like the FaceTime. I'm gonna talk. I tell people I can text, but I like to have a nice conversation with you. Sure. And I want to be able to say, okay, okay. I like them. I get a good feeling. Okay. okay. We don't agree with everything, but you know what I like? They were honest. That's important. So that's what you need. And I tell anyone when they're calling or asking questions, like them make sure you like them your son's gonna like them but they're young and they're impressionable so it's a whole different thing but us we're thinking ahead so we know i'll be like "Mm -hmm." and it's some things you might don't like but you're able to say it but not in a way where i shouldn't offend you because i like i tell people in the beginning it's my investment it's my child i put everything into it so i don't want you to think that i'm being rude or anything i'm very open and honest i'm transparent but i'm gonna say how i feel so that's why i try to do that so that was important
0: yep as long as that company understands that you're asking for a reason. You're not asking to interfere. You're asking to be educated. And as long as they're good with that, you're always going to be in a great position. So kudos to you. And I'm happy and proud of you for having that relationship because you established that and you made sure it was established for your family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, sometimes as parents, we're like, "Ooh, I'm a little. I, I won't ask. I'll just leave it alone." But
1: oh, not me. <laughs>
0: oh, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what exactly what I'm saying. I'm yeah. proud that you're no, like, no, you're like.
1: Listen. I have to ask because yeah. if you don't fight for your child, no one will. I learned that a long time ago. My mom, you know, being a teacher, I tell parents, you're you're your child's first teacher, and you're the av- you're yeah. the advocate um, advocate. Mm-hmm. So you have to advocate for your child. Yeah. So that's why I learned that a long time ago. And I'm telling people, if you're uncomfortable, please don't be because if it was your child, what would you do? I have to, when I'm teaching him, you have to like, his relationships are how he makes them, but I, I help him by guiding him and not doing everything, but telling him, okay, this is the things that you can do. And you learn how to communicate with them because I won't be there to communicate all the time. That's right. So that's why I always say like, I'm going to ask the questions and I'm not trying to be funny or anything. Put yourself in my shoes. What would you do? Yeah. So I don't get offended if you ask me questions. Hey, ask me. It's all right. And if I don't know, I'm going to see you to the right person. That's why I always tell people to ask me a million questions, and especially when it comes to him. Hey, I'm going to ask a lot of questions that I don't know.
0: For sure. And if For I sure. don't go
1: read about it or I go call some more people, like you said, I'm going to do that. So I'm not afraid on that. I just said uh, not when you give birth to a nine-pound, 20 you, <laughs> <laughs> you got to fight, you got to believe. And I tell people that. So yeah.
0: I tell myself all the time, be proud of the decisions that you make. However, on the flip side, we want to make sure that we have the least, I wish I had done this differently conversations, right? Because it really is all about paying attention. Yes. So now, unfortunately, injuries are a part of playing professional sports. Taylor mm-hmm. recently had surgery to repair a torn ligament in his thumb. There is always that challenge of rehabbing and getting back on the court as quickly as possible. So what was that period like for him?
1: Um, it, was, it was, he wanted to like get back really fast, which you know, cause he's so young. And when they're saying, oh, you're gonna heal fast, but he understood that he had to take the time and he did a great job. You know, I would call him every night checking in. I went down to see him the week after. I didn't go to surgery, usually I would go. But I didn't go see your mom, I'm good. And I was just like, and I'm talking. Like I said, I spoke to someone at Clutch. So it was really good. They, they were updating me, FaceTiming me, let me know. And when we went there, everything was really good. Mm-hmm. After everything with him with the surgery, he was doing really good with the rehab. And um, my cousin is there with him, who has yes. been with him for the last two years. So he was updating me, letting me know what was going on. And, you know, when, what the um, therapist was saying, the doctors and everything. And I knew it would take time. Because he's been injured before, you know, like when he's flipped yes. the not ever having, well, he had surgery in his appendix. But other than that, this was the, like a major surgery for him. And I was just like, let me know when he gets out. And he did really well, you know, just following what they asked him to do and everything.
0: Well, he's back. He's playing. The past couple of games, he's been awesome. So it's great that he was able to bounce back as quickly as he did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, As moms, we often congratulate our kids for their hard work and success. But have you had the opportunity to sit back and reflect and appreciate your hard work and success on the role you played in getting your baby to the NBA?
1: I have, you know, I have, because I'm just the fact like saying, saying, you know, just keeping your mind clear, understanding when you work hard, you do the things you're supposed to do, it's going to work out. It works out in God in God's time. And I always say that. So for him, I've been really happy with him. I'm always telling him, make sure you do for you because I'm okay. You know, I tell kids, you know, people, they look, oh, he can do all this. No, he has to take care of him because as parents, we've do, we're, we're doing our job of taking care of them. But you know, with boys, they're always going, mom, I can do this. No, I'm good. I want to make sure you're straight. Do all the things that you need to do to take care of you. So I'm able to sit back and relax. And I do text them and I'll say, you know, appreciate you, I'm really proud of you and the things that you did. And I'll say, hey, we did it. Or I'll tell someone, yep, I was bouncing that ball. I'm like, I didn't put it in the hole, but I was passing the time, <laughs> you know, we're joking. But I'm happy because of the decisions that we made and he's where he wants to be. You know, I tell him the sky's the limit because you, you're you there and now you got, you gonna go far, mm-hmm. you know, just keep working.
0: I, I love how you just said that, you know, we we as moms, we pass the ball, right? I laugh, I say to my son too, I said, you know what, uh, I, I have an assist, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm playing my Apollo. game too. Amen. <laughs> <Yeah. So. laughs> yeah.
1: We do, we, I tell people, moms, we put in the work, we're there, we're not like the dad screaming crazy at the games, we're more like defense, telling them what to do, we're calm, you know? Mm-hmm. But then after a while, we did it all too. So I tell people that, you know, mm-hmm. you pat yourself on the back and say, okay, thanks. But I always tell Taylor, stay humble. That's important, you yeah. know? And just being humble because you're there and you want to stay there. And when it's time for you to leave, you're going to leave on your terms. That's right. You know, which is important. I apologize. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. So before we get into the fun facts, my last question is, what is it like for you, Shirley, to be the courtside mom to Taylor Horton Tucker?
1: I'll tell you this funny story. I'm, o- I'm okay now with being Taylor Horton Tucker's mom. At first I was like, um, you're Shirley Gordon's son. And so now I like it because, hey, you get to go stay to the line, you get to do a lot of the things that you would like to do, but it's it's exciting. Even taking pictures, which I laugh if someone like, oh, I can take a picture. I'm like, oh, are you sure? I'm like, that's the superstar. Oh, you're the mom. I'm like, I'll appreciate it. I'll do it. I don't mind. It's it's exciting. It's exciting, you know, and it's like I'm saying you humble, but it's exciting, and you can brag a little. You know, I tell people, hey, yeah, I, I made an NBA player. Thank you. <laughs> I, you I made an <laughs> NBA player. So I know, listen, you know, you want to ask me something, I can tell you something, you know, so that's important. It's exciting, but it's still like, you know, like, wow. That's uh, it. And when you see him doing it, you're you're really happy. I I was at the game, which when they just played the Bulls and I was walking past and he was um, on the court, but it was like, we, I walked past to go to the family room right. and I'm coming back and I'm looking at him, I'm like, I was excited when I did like this. He's like, okay, mom, I to sit out." But I was so excited just to see him, you know? So that's a good thing, you know?
0: I love that. That's amazing. I mean, you know what? You continue being proud because that is just who we are as moms. We're just proud. I mean, I tell my son all the time, whether you win a game or whether you lose a game, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me because you're still who you are yeah. as that humble and wonderful kid in my eyes kid mm-hmm. i know he hates when i say that but it is what it is right yeah
1: so. <laughs> you don't want to say kid baby something like um my big human i say sometimes <laughs> my young adult you know but i tell people it's my baby you know my first baby so yep. you're excited yeah yeah
0: so now let's get into some fun facts so, what was Talon's go-to dish that you make that he must have?
1: I, Simon. I Simon him out with everything. He can eat it in other way. He loves it still, like Simon. Um, I make asparagus, but he doesn't like asparagus. And He loves macaroni and cheese. Simon macaroni and cheese. And that's what he'll eat all the time. If it's macaroni and cheese with anything, he'll have that. Um, and... Th- that's what he really really likes in my dish that i did not make pizza he's a pizza kid we're chicago so we love giordano's we love home run In, um gino's east you know he loves mm-hmm. beggars he loves chicago pizza
0: love it you know what you just said my three favorite things i am a salmon girl like i can eat salmon every day i remember yeah. a few months ago i ate so much salmon in one month that someone's like you're gonna have too much mercury in your body and i was devastated <laughs> like i love salmon i love asparagus and i can eat macaroni and cheese with anything so yeah note to self i'll have to call you when i come to chicago
1: (laughs) i I mean i I cook it all kinds of way i tell people i can put it i even figured you could put it in the microwave i was like wait are you sure but i could do what someone told me but i'm with salmon i can make it all different kinds of way he knows he has macaroni and cheese and i put asparagus he doesn't like asparagus as much he'll eat the broccoli or spinach but he will have salmon for real. Like he right.
0: does not mind that. All right.
1: Well, one
0: day when I plan my potluck, how like? Hmm, gotta go, call Shirley. I'm like, check. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Bake macaroni and cheese from scratch. You love yep. it. I make it. He eat that. That Amen. could be his meal.
0: <laughs> love it. Yeah, mine too. So, <laughs> okay. so other than a basketball, what is one childhood item that taylor just couldn't live without? Okay.
1: So. I'll say the basketball, and you might as well say, he had a cell phone since he was seven. So he had the cell phone, and I used to give him a book. You know, being a teacher, like, you got to get a book. Everybody got him. You could buy him a ball or a book, and it was always like that. But I'll say gym shoes. Hmm. Yeah. Gym shoes or sneakers. As they say, he loves them. Everyone, every shoe you could think of, he hadn't even had the Jordan gym shoes that were shaped like. No, they were the uh, material of the basketball. And every player's shoe he's had. That's awesome. And Penny Hardaway. Just, I promise, I didn't send in lines, but I would make calls, oh, yeah, these shoes, and I will pick him up. Because he wore a size from the age, like he wore a seven when he was seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. He wore 15 when he was 15. When his feet stopped, I was like, if he were 16, I quit. Because <laughs> when I buy him a 16 <laughs> So he's always, so I'll say, I would say gym shoes. That's like one of the things, or sneakers, as they say because he
0: loves those in. Yeah. yeah, I remember buying my son um Jordan's, and I'll never forget this. He was in grade six, and he had size 13 on. And yeah. um so I took him to school, and those shoes disappeared overnight. And I'll never forget, I was so mad, and I called the principal. I'm like, someone really took my child's shoes. And she's like, oh, I'll check the children. The children? I said, check the janitor, the adults. It's size 13. Exactly. Ain't no <laughs> child in that school that wears no... Th- 13 and all that to say me. someone's daddy must've been walking around my baby shoes. You know, you know what I mean? I was so mad, never got those shoes back and I was just devastated because I had to save up to buy that, you know what I mean? To buy those shoes for my son, but it is what it yeah. is. Right.
1: Yeah. A men's size. I keep telling people when they wear a men's size, it's hard to find. So you want to keep those shoes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so they, <tell> them- <laughs> they sure did.
0: So, did he have a nickname? And if so, what was it? Or is it? Well, they
1: call him, I know, you know, um Taylor. They <laughs> call him Taylor, which I was like, what is that? Um, and I heard some of his teammates AD was like, that's the way Taylor. And I said, they call you that still. I called him TJ, <laughs> you know, because his better name. But um the other names I'm not gonna say because he'll be like, Mom, <laughs> my sister. She had a lot of cute names. But um, yeah, Taylor, I know some of his friends call him Taylor, Treylo, like. Yeah. You know, kids are trying to be cool with the names, but Taylor, I know they call him that still sometimes. That's the Taylor I know. If people say tay he's like, nah, that sounds like a girl. Mm-hmm. So i am like, I thought it was cute. So I knew I was like, okay, if I think it's cute, it's over. So, but Taylor.
0: Yeah, you can call him Tay-Tay until he's like six. <laughs> After that, yeah, he's, he's like, like, I don't no. know. Yes, don't do that,
1: don't <laughs> even, you got to delete that because be like, don't put that in. I'm like, just say Taylor. <laughs> so
0: now I'm going to ask you some advice questions what advice would you give to another courtside mom about how to deal with a coaching decision that she does not agree with?
1: Um, you're going to have that conversation. Like I would have it with Taylor and I would give my opinion, but I still got to understand that that is his coach and how to handle it. I can say what I want to say, but he's got to be able to handle it. You, I don't like with any coach's decision. I'm always going to have a conversation. Tell so Taylor, oh, this is what it is, and this is what I think. But then at the end, he has to deal with it. But he knows that I have my opinion. I try to be very open and honest, but I don't try to be so, oh, because that's teammates. You know, not teammates, yeah. but that's yeah. the coach. And he has to deal with the coach's decision. And sometimes the coach is not always right. And I'm always telling you, have to figure it out. But I still would tell parents, still have that conversation or, you know, converse, as I was saying before. You know, you should yeah. with your child or with your young man, not your child, right? So I think yeah. you should <laughs>
0: So, what advice would you give to a player on how to deal with a tough teammate?
1: Okay, your teammate is just like you would be your brother, so you know you're dealing with. It. And then even if you're an only child, you have to go and you have to go and communicate with them no matter what. You start with different things. Some people might see what they like. You might give a person a book. You might give a person, um, "Hey, I saw you like this. I'm bringing this to you, but I want to, um, to so, you know meet." in the middle you have to meet in the middle with them but just having a small conversation or even just different gestures but if it doesn't work you have to go and talk to your other teammates because you have to be together and you have to play together and sometimes you don't even have to always get along um outside the long as you're getting along along in, on the court and doing the things that you need to do because it's for the team it's not just for you but it's just learning how to communicate yeah. Because you can, you know, you know, have family members that you like, but you really don't, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. But you deal with them at a level that you can, and some, you don't have to be so, like how people want everyday being together, but you have to be together on a, on, when it's on a team and traveling and just doing that and making the best of it. And eventually it'll work out. It just don't come at the way we want it to come.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't want that tension, right? So it's good to talk it out. <laughs> and, um, so my last question is, okay. If you could only give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, one piece. Always continue to communicate with your child. Com- continue to communicate, communicate, no matter what it is, how it is, ups, downs, the communication. And just letting them, when you're communicating with them, can I say this? Yep. Letting them know that you, they're your child no matter what, like we said earlier, good or bad, win or lose, you're still my child. And I want you to always communicate because that's so important. You want to keep the communication, you know, doors open as much as possible. So I would say communicate no matter what. Or can Love I say, ask a lot of questions?
0: <laughs> yes, you can say whatever you want. This is the it. Shirley Horton moment. You say whatever you want.
1: Communicate is, still, ask a lot of questions. I always yeah. say, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Uh, That is the best advice. Do not be afraid to ask because you know what, if you don't ask how you, how will you know? And if it's in your head, it's there for a reason. It's either something's troubling or you just really need to understand more. So you as a teacher, you know what I mean? You communicate to your students to ask right? You're there to mm-hmm. to educate them, but you don't know everybody's single brain in your class. So you don't know mm-hmm. what, they, what they know and what they don't know. So if they don't ask the questions, then how are they going to get where they're supposed to be? So I love that. You're absolutely right. Communicate and ask a lot of questions. So with all that, oh, you're such a blessing. And I loved this moment that we had together. So thank you so, so, so much, Shirley, for coming on Courtside Moms.
1: No, I appreciate you having me. Really, really appreciated you. You won't done,
0: baby. I'm everyone. It's all in me. You won't done, baby. I do it naturally.